What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. Real quick, before questions, we need to send a shout-out and a thank you to Johnny Coker, who joined our Patreon at the Jedi Master level. Thank you so much, Johnny. Uh, you also sent a very, very nice email that we both enjoyed reading, so thank you for that as well. For our first question, Eli HS and Patron Jake ask if Infus Nest, the Cloud Riders, or Young Leia could appear in Andor. I was laughing with Molly earlier today where it's like every time we get closer and closer to another Star Wars project, it's always like a, a ton of questions come in of like, could we see this person or that person? And it's always fun to speculate. Um, I wanted to bring up a little bit before we dive in. Tony Gilroy said in an interview, and he's been saying a lot of stuff down to what the final scene of season two will be, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which if you've heard his comments before is not a surprise, but I won't get into that. He's basically said something like there's no fan service in Andor. And I don't know what he means by that exactly. I do think it probably won't have as many cameos as mm -hmm. Luke's Book not going to Luke's not going to crash through a door somewhere right. Kool-Aid man style and just <laughs> start slaying people down with his lightsaber. The Skywalkers are here. Yeah, and he would be what 14 at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Um but he he says that, and I'm I'm interpreting it as probably not as uh, cameo heavy. No no black chrysanthemum showing up, but also I'm like, there there is going to be fan service. I mean, fans, including myself, got freaked out by the Imperial Senate appearing. Like that is a level of fan service. So I don't know how exactly to interpret that. I'm in, I'm curious to see what he has labeled as fan service in his mind. Mm. Yeah, I mean, maybe to him, fan service is like a negative thing. And he's saying that like, no, I'm not just throwing stuff in there for the sake of being able to say, look who it is, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, man, he hasn't been this riled up in a while. <laughs> Hilo has thoughts. Hold on now. <laughs> um, But... I, I don't know the quote that you're talking, the fan service quote that you're talking about, but for, for these people, Infus Nest, Cloud Riders, Young Leia, I think Infus Nest or the Cloud Riders are a, a definite possibility because she's she's involved with Saw Gerrera in like two tubes, right? for instance. We see him go from the Cloud Riders to the Partisans. Yep. I think that is uh, a perfect example where I think that there are cameos. I, that's not even the right word, but there are characters you can include in this story that will feel exciting, that could be labeled as fan service, but they could also very much be part of the story and move the plot forward, talk about the themes and so on. And yeah, Infus Nest to me is someone who I'm not thinking season one, but an inclusion in season two, a three episode arc of like going on an adventure with the cloud riders or something. And, and yeah, you bring up that, uh, she is involved with Saw Gerrera. There's a scene at the end of the solo novelization where, uh, she delivers some of the coaxium to Saw. And yeah, you mentioned two tubes. So to me, I'm like, yeah, I think that Infis has a chance. It's not something I'm expecting, but there's a chance. Yeah. Y you mentioned the solo novelization yeah. book. Sorry. Hilo is chewing on. Hilo's just. We have a million of these yeah. Lego things. <laughs> Hilo is in a mood today. He is in a mood. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think if it fits in the story, great. Uh, those are definitely 
ones like that would fit with the story. Young Leia, I don't think so. Agreed. I don't really know why. I mean, maybe maybe if Bale's in it, but... I, I think Bale will be. And it's one of those things that, yes, I can see how and why, but then it's like, you'd have to recast her again, because I don't think little nine-year-old Leia, I, I don't think they would use her for five years later. Yeah. So I, I just feel like that adds some unnecessary complications on the, the behind-the-scenes side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one thing that I did wish that we got more of in Obi-Wan was seeing what Bale and Brea Organa are doing as far as politics goes on the side of Alder- Alderaan. Like, and I would love to see Alderaan again. So yeah. I, I'd be down for that, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I think that season one, just from what we know about it, that it's largely, Cassian's story at least, is largely going to take place on Ferrix, this one planet. And yeah, Mon Mothma's going to be doing her thing in the Imperial Senate. Bail Organa's probably going to be there. But it, I'm, I'm basically saying I think season one is going to be more self-contained then when we get to season two, like many Star Wars stories, it will open up a little more and start connecting with more familiar stuff. That's kind of my expectation. Rohith Thumadi wants to know how Luke, Leia, Rey, Finn, and others were able to gain strength in the Force as adults if Ahsoka said Grogu's powers would fade over time. I, I think that basically someone's abilities in the Force can fade, but that doesn't mean that they can't come back it's just going to be more difficult that's how i would understand it yeah and like part of this might be having to do with how long grogu is probably going to live um but i think if grogu's powers were to fade yeah they they could come back he would just have to train for it um so it's kind of like laying dormant yeah. I think. I mean, well, we, we always have the excuse for Luke and Leia, and I would say Ray as well. As much as I'm not, like, all in on the, you know, lineage of a Force user, I do think that we can point to their families and be like, they probably have a leg up on that. But the way I look at it more in the real world is uh, when I was taking improv lessons, um, one of my teachers said that learning improv is basically just learning to play pretend again. You know, when you're a kid, it's so easy to use your imagination. You go outside and you're just making up games with your friends. And for some reason, that kind of just gets drilled out of you as you uh, grow up. And then when you're an adult, and I was just taking these improv classes, I, I still struggle with a lot of that uh, and kind of letting go of structure of things and just embracing the chaos a little bit. I, I see that a lot as kind of like the force, where if you don't use your imagination, if you let your creative side kind of go away, then you can regain it, but it's not as easy as it was when you were a kid. And I think that, you know, we see in the Clone Wars little babies floating balls around because that's how they are like i think it's easier for children to accept some of these truths that before they're all just like beaten out of them not yeah jaded like, yeah jaded before by, they become jaded yes jaded by life yeah. just in general yeah <laughs> I feel like that was a very roundabout way to get there but i tried <laughs> yeah that is a good point 
Um, and I feel like you could compare it to just like a muscle. So like if you don't use a muscle for a certain amount of time, a long time, it will become weak and it will atrophy. That's so, a way, way better way <laughs> to say that. Well, it doesn't really make sense for kids being being super strong. <laughs> but but for, as far as like fading away, yeah, like that makes so much more sense. Is... The ability to use the force will atrophy over time. We see it in Obi-Wan. Like he, you know, struggles at first because he's been so unbalanced and he hasn't been connected to the force in a while. But he's trying to save Leia and he's he's struggling, but he can do it. <laughs> but it's hard. It's hard, but I can do it. Please don't get up. Don't worry. I can't. Oh. Just joking. I can get up. Oh. But it's difficult. But I can do it. But it is hard. Yeah. I think the muscle analogy is way better. That if you work out, you get stronger. If you stop, then that strength goes away. It can come back, but it's a lot easier to hold on to it if you're actively using it. But that doesn't mean it's going to go away forever. Yeah. Really just any skill-based thing. Juggling. If you're, I'm still great at juggling. If you, <laughs> I haven't juggled in years. I bet I could still do it, but no problem. Let's see. But you would be better at it if you juggled every day. That's true. I want to give you something to I juggle know, I now. Was just <laughs> <laughs> see, great, flawless. I stand corrected. I did not panic at all. <laughs> Audrey asks, "What we're most looking forward to in Phase Two of the High Republic?" I'm just excited for it to start. I do have like a story that I'm looking forward to most, but I first I just want to say that I've missed it. I've missed it hasn't even been what six months or so mm-hmm. since we got our last. I think it ended in early March, and I have missed the High Republic quite a bit. Not having like that monthly comic at the very least, and then often a book. Uh, I'm excited for it to come back in October. Like, I am as excited for the High Republic to return as I am for Andor, I think. Yeah. Uh, Just every time we get to see a new era of Star Wars, it's exciting because it's brand new. You know, some of the characters will will be familiar. We'll get to see the Blade of Bardada in his prime, which is exciting. Um, But for me, I think it's like the, the prospecting side for the Jedi of like just being able to go out on these grand adventures to places they don't know, you know, what it's like and just see them explore a little bit more. Yeah, I think it's interesting that I was someone when they first said we're going backwards another 150 years, I was like, oh man, because I was just so invested in the characters we met. But it is interesting to kind of ease us into a more and more different view of the galaxy where phase one was... A little different, but still very Star Wars, and it had a bunch of the same technology. Hyperspace is basically the same. Now in Phase 2, it's going to be a little bit different, and the hyperspace technology is not exactly the same, and it is going to be more of a wild, wild west frontier, what's going on uh, story. So that's a an interesting and exciting prospect. Yeah, and it's interesting and fun to compare the Jedi and how they connect to the Force between the High Republic and the prequels. So being able to then compare High Republic to a little earlier than that to see, you know, are the Jedi going to be able to connect to the Force even more so and and any differently? 
Um, the story I am most excited about is the blade, the blade of Bardotta. I love Porter Ingle, and there's definitely in phase one little hints that like there's a story here, and I want to know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Jetta stuff looks. Oh yeah, the Battle of Jetta. The Battle of Jetta looks very promising. Is that going to be an audio drama? Yes. I love a good audio drama. Yeah, that we're kind of like flipped on that. Like I much prefer a book, but. This time, I think they're releasing the book version, the script, uh, much closer to when the audio drama comes out. So that'll help me a lot. I just retain the information a lot better if I can read it. Um, but yeah, seeing Jetta in its prime is mm-hmm. also going to be very cool. Rainman MP wants to know what happens when Darth Vader has to sneeze. <laughs> so in the question, he proposes that he would want to take his helmet off. Like a clone trooper, if they have to sneeze, can just be like, and that's it. But Darth Vader can't do that. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm going to assume that he uses the force to su- suppress any sneezes. I think he sneezes, but like maybe part, a part of his uh, butt... The butt part of his suit like shoots out or something. What? Like <laughs> it just like messes with the pressure and like something pops off. <laughs> <laughs> or he's got like a little like a little blowhole at the top, maybe, and you just like see it come out the top. If he and... sneezes, the top of his helmet goes boom. Yeah. And just launches off. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought if you sneeze up here, something something's gotta go. The extra air it it's like <laughs> I don't know why you went straight for the butt, but <laughs> I I don't either. Or <laughs> or he just sneezes and it goes all over his visor and he panics and he's like, he's talking to General Veers and he's like, please no, not now, not now. And just like. <laughs> yeah. And then he presses a button on his chest and little windshield wipers turn on. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's one of those questions where it's like, we're never going to know. But it is interesting to think about those human things that superhuman people go through. Yeah. But I mean, I can suppress a sneeze pretty well to the point where like I don't expel any like moisture. <laughs> what do you think it sounds like when Darth Vader sneezes? Like cuz it's going to be all like like <laughs> 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 No, I think he has a little... <laughs> That's He hates sneezing in front of people because it makes him look just... It's the opposite image he's trying to convey. Yeah. Today's video is sponsored by Factor. Eating healthy can be expensive and time-consuming, but Factor supports wholesome eating made simple. Meal plans offer variety with a rotating weekly menu of 25-plus meal options and add-ons. Choose your favorite meals or let Factor craft your order based on your taste preferences and meal history. Stick to a variety of diets including keto, calorie-smart, vegan, vegetarian, and more. Save time by cutting out meal planning and prep because Factor meals arrive pre-prepared and ready to eat in just two minutes. Our schedule is always busy, frantic, and unpredictable, so we've been using HelloFresh for over a year now. HelloFresh now owns Factor, and they continue to help us cut out time spent at the grocery store by offering quick and tasty dinner solutions after a long stream. We tried a variety of meals like roasted garlic braised beef, bruschetta shrimp risotto, and ranch baked pork chops. They were ready in minutes and tasted great fresh out of the oven or microwave. Factor is offering a special deal to our viewers to save money off their first order. Head to go.factor75.com slash SWExplained130 and use code SWExplained130 to get $130 off across six boxes. 
And now, back to questions. On to YouTube questions, the Burger Hut 7 asks how we would feel if Rey changed her order from the Jedi to the Skywalkers. That was a popular theory when we were getting to the Rise of Skywalker that that might happen. Since it didn't happen, I'm going to guess that that's not something they're going to follow through with. Like, at the time, I was on board with the idea, but now it sounds like, oh, and especially moving into, like, the, the Lego specials, they still refer to themselves as Jedi. I, I think that that's what they're going to keep. Yeah. I don't think Rey is going to change the name of the game. <laughs> like, yeah. Jedi is, is a, a name that kind of has to stick around, I think. I think so, too. At the time, I was into the theory. I, I would have been fine if they did it. But with, what, three years almost beyond the movie, I, I am glad that they didn't. Like, Jedi still means something and should. Mm -hmm. So it, it's one of those, like, if it happened three years ago, I think I would have been okay with it. But I'm still, I'm glad. I think they made the right choice not to. <laughs> mm -hmm. Also, I just feel like, Daisy Ridley would say no to that because imagine the backlash. <laughs> yeah. Ray changed the name of uh -huh. the Jedi. Like what, I guess it, it feels like a very final thing almost. Like it would be the end of the Jedi, not in name or in name only. Like the organization would still go on, but like so much of Star Wars is about what it means to be a Jedi. And it would be weird for that to be moving forward in the timeline and there's just no Jedi anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was the right choice not to go that way. Ma Davis wants to know if it's okay to have headcanon even if it contradicts official canon. I say yes. I, there are no rules, yeah. really, uh, <laughs> with when it comes to storytelling and, and what you think about your favorite fandoms. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think absolutely it's okay to have headcanon. Uh, yeah, I think that where it becomes like a little iffy is if you have your headcanon and you try to impose it on other people. Like every single fan should get to decide how to enjoy their fandom best and what makes them happy. Um, but you can't dictate that for someone else. Right. Yeah, don't, and, and also like, don't set yourself up for disappointment. So if you're if something you think is headcanon and that gets changed down the line, you can either choose to still like ignore that and still go with your headcanon or, you know, just don't be mad if something changes officially if it's like not what you had in mind. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, like I have no problem if someone just does not like the sequel trilogy and in their own heads, they're like I'm going to ignore those movies. Like, they don't make me happy for whatever reason. But it's when people are just going after other fans. Like, you're not a true fan if you like the sequels. And, like, going into common threads and just being like, the sequels aren't canon. It's like, that's fine for you. But, I mean, they are. They officially <laughs> are canon. There's nothing you can do to change that. So, like, keep no your head of, canon. No amount of petitioning <laughs> Yeah, it's going to change. That That's where it crosses the line hmm. i mean like in my head canon i i think i kind of have the x-wing books is like yeah those happened and sure. i i don't really think they did but i like to consider it but i'm not going to pretend that that's true i'm not going to all of a sudden put the x-wing books into the canon timeline just because i like them so much 
Yeah. What's your favorite piece of headcanon that you have? Um, I want the X-Wing books are good. I, it's really just stories that I really, really like. Darth Bane trilogy is another one that for now I'm just going to be like, yeah, the Darth Bane trilogy happened in my head. And it probably didn't, but I I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me it's it's Din and Cobb Banth. Being, I'm, I'm shipping them yeah. forever and ever. Well, I don't like that ship because I ship myself with Cobb Banth. <laughs> well, so I hate you this. You have to share him. No, I refuse. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna talk about this I'm okay after. with this because how, the closer I can get to Grogu, the better. I don't if care how it happens. With each other, you can, <laughs> you can kidnap Grogu. I will be the fun aunt <laughs> that takes him off on fun trips. Okay. Well, your headcanon... Uh, diminishes my head cannon <laughs> Uh-oh. And, and my own ship. So oh we, we're about to fight. <laughs> Jack Henrique asks how important it is to read the books chronologically. I would say it's not important at all. No. <laughs> I mean, they don't come out chronologically. So yeah. Um, and like, I don't know, you might drive yourself a little crazy trying to keep everything chronological, especially if you're pulling in comics and, and other types of media. But, yeah, just, that seems like a lot of work. Yeah, Star Wars has never, ever come out chronologically. The movies didn't, the Clone Wars didn't, the books don't, the comics don't. Like, it's always just kind of everywhere in the universe. Although, so, I'm, I'm wondering if they mean, like, for specific series, like, books and their sequels. Like, the... Like the for sure. Um, the well, Thrawn books, for instance. I mean... Those are kind of all over the place, though. Uh, yeah, even that, I would say obviously Thrawn, Thrawn Alliances, Thrawn Treason, like anything that is in a trilogy, it would make no sense to read Victory's Price before Alphabet Squadron. So yeah, there's that, of course. Mm -hmm. But chronological uh, experiencing of Star Wars is a fun experiment, but it's not important. <laughs> like, I mean, I prefer watching The Clone Wars chronologically, um, but I prefer watching the movies as release. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's different for everyone. But I would not say, like, you you have to read the books chronologically or you're not going to get everything out of them. Yeah. Because what happens when a new book comes out? You got to start from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's how the High Republic... Okay, I will say that I have my my books organized chronologically. And that is a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, I'm about to have They're to move... They're all different heights and sizes and... And I'm about to have to move everything because of the High Republic Phase 2. Everything has to shift now. Yeah. So, honestly, I should just organize them by release date and save myself the headache, but... It's true. <laughs> and if I need to come in here for a book, then I just mess it all you up. mess everything up. I don't need that stress in my life. <laughs> NC Lego Boy wants to know our thoughts on Darth Vader's eyebrows. It's one of the least consistent things in Star Wars, I think. I, I mm -hmm. believe in Obi-Wan Kenobi, no eyebrows. Star Wars Rebels, eyebrows. Uh, Return of the Jedi, sometimes eyebrows, sometimes not. Depends on the edition you're watching. Really? Yeah. Huh. He just looks like Humpty Dumpty in that for me. Yeah, because they took his eyebrows away. Oh. In the original cut, he had eyebrows. I need to see this mm. now. But then they added them back in Star Wars Rebels. So what's going on? Does he shave his eyebrows? 
I, it's hard because eyebrows are pretty essential to a person's face. Like if you look at pictures of people with their eyebrows photoshopped out of the picture, it's very bizarre. Uh, and they're used for ex expression all the time. So I didn't think I had any like hard, um, opinions on Vader's eyebrows, but I kind of feel like if you can't have hair, you shouldn't have eyebrows. Well, that was the implication when they took them out uh, in Return of the Jedi. I do think in Star Wars Rebels, they gave him eyebrows for expression only. Because you can just see like his eye, like this little bit, and he's looking at Ahsoka. And they do a lot with his eyes in that scene. Uh, Ahsoka kind of offers him a little chance to stop. And he, his eyes like dart around as if he is thinking about it, and then they get really angry. And mm -hmm. the eyebrows are part of that. So I think that's the only reason they put eyebrows in that shot. I'm sure they had a big debate about it, but it's more about conveying the emotion of the scene than whether or not uh, Vader has eyebrows. So m maybe he was just trying something new that day, and he drew them on or something. I mean, I do it almost every day. Right. So. Maybe it's just a sometimes Vader when he's getting ready in the morning, he paints on his eyebrows. Yeah, just, just a little me time for, yeah. for Vader getting ready in the morning. And like you said, for animation, I think it is especially important to be able to have things like eyebrows to convey a specific kind of emotion. Um, I had this theory uh, that like specifically fire from Mustafar would burn your hair off so bad that like the follicles are dead and you cannot grow anything back after that. So that does seem to be the case. That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And as always, thanks for watching and may the force be with you.